Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, world, and welcome in to Trust the Tape, episode 10.24.2018. 2018 I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on the Twitter. You can hear me on 105.3 The Fan in DFW, the flagship of the Dallas Cowboys and the Texas Rangers. Alongside my co-host, Dane Brugler, at DP Brugler on Twitter. You can find him on The Athletic, DallasCowboys.com, sometimes on 105.3 The Fan, and assorted other places where people steal his content constantly <laughs> to make it sound like they know what they're doing. That happens too much. Uh, hey, congrats on Justin Herbert. Maybe he's not going to declare for the draft. Dane broke that story about seven weeks ago, but uh, everybody else wrote it this week, which was pretty cool. That was pretty cool to see. Uh, what you said in well, April. It's, it's it's been no secret that he's <laughs> he's he's a guy that's he's a Eugene kid. He's young. His brother's coming in. I saw that in the story. Yeah, yeah. I also heard you say it a couple months um, ago. It, it, it's not something that's if we have any listeners that are you know big Oregon fans, they're not surprised by this. It's something that's been around that program for for a while. Um, just. A lot of people think that he is going back for a senior year, and it's something that's around NFL circles. Um, you know, I've talked to scouts about it, and they they're scouting him like he will be in this class, but they also admit that, yeah, we we think there's a good chance that he's not going to be in this class because of all those reasons. Yeah, you know, he doesn't feel ready. I mean, he's a young kid. Yeah, he has 21, 22 starts, but uh, he still has plenty of room to get better. And you know, I understand both sides of it. Yes, I mean, how could you possibly turn down being the top quarterback? Uh, because it's looking like it's shaping up that you know it's uh, the pretty, only four, yeah, four. It'll be the conclusion. only quarterback drafted, <laughs> and that's so the way it's gonna yeah, go. that's the way it's trending. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it'd be tough to pass that up. Uh, there's no question. But at the end of the day, he needs to do what's best for him. And if that's getting better, if that's ah, it's getting money. Go ahead, Justin. Again, he's a Eugene kid. You know, he grew up a couple miles down the road from the from the program. If you know, he one of his goals is to lead Oregon to a Pac-12 title. Uh, you know, maybe more, maybe the playoffs, then, you know, all the more power to him. Uh, you know, take out in that insurance policy. So if something does happen injury wise, you're covered. And, uh, you know, he's still going to be a top pick. And, you know, who cares if two is in that, in the 2020 draft with you? Okay. So you're the second pick. Like, I don't think that matters too much to Justin Herbert. He doesn't have to be the first pick. What about Jake Fromm? Uh, look, I, I like Fromm, but if, if his play this year doesn't, kind of worry you a little bit about his pro future. I think you need to watch a little closer. Not oh. you, not you, just people. No, you were f- looking directly at me. <laughs> like directly. My eyes are early wide at you. Yes. No, no. Hey, just <laughs> you out there. What Fromm did last year as a freshman was impressive. This year as a true sophomore, uh, you know, he's taking a little bit of a step back, seeing a little... Uh, we're seeing some flaws in his game. Um, you know, he's not on the same level as Tua and Herbert as, as pro prospects. Um, he's still, you know, a solid guy, but uh, we'll get to that at this time next year. 
But, you know, for Justin Herbert, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Again, we're at mid-October. He doesn't have to make a decision for another three months. Um, I don't think his him or his family have made a decision. Um, and a lot can happen in the next three months. Sam Darnold, this time last year, he was staying. But at the end of the year, he looked well, around the Well, it doesn't become room. real until you get really close to the money. Right, exactly. Once they've told you, yes, you are going to get tens of millions. And you spend another two months getting the you know crap beat out of you and... You know, you come back down to earth a little bit and, you know, you take a, and Sam Darnold took a look around that locker room and was like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, what am I coming back for? And I, could I get better? Yeah. But, you know, the offensive line's not going to get any better next year. I'm losing my top receiver. I'm losing my top running back. Yeah. You know what? Okay. I'm going to go. And with Herbert, it's a little different because, again, you got the younger brother. There's some things pulling at the heartstrings. And Oregon should be pretty good next year. Um, so I, I do think there's a different circumstance. I wouldn't be surprised either way, uh, but I do think there is a strong chance he is uh, back in college football next year. Okay, now I didn't even mean to start with college football today. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, mention that uh, if you want your breaking college football news, you have two choices. You can listen to Trust the Tape, or you can find out about the college football stories two months late. There you go. It's really up to you. You get it from Dane, or you wait until somebody else writes it seven or eight weeks later. Okay, but... I want to start with the NFL today, okay. which is not starting anymore because we're four and a half minutes into the podcast, but I'm starting with the NFL today because I'm loving where it's headed. Damon Harrison this morning, if anybody hasn't seen it, snacks, New York Giants, nose tackle. He just got traded for a fifth round pick to the Detroit Lions. We have reached the NFL point where they are now playing like Major League Baseball. Sometimes the contracts make this tough in the NFL. Yeah. You don't see a ton of trades. Pat Shermer said yesterday, oh, we're not we're not tanking. No. No, no not at all. But they're no, trading we're trying to they win. are trading a pro bowler for a fifth round pick uh to the Lions to clear cap space. And I bet you we see Kyle Laletta before this year's over. So teams are tanking, which is glorious to me. I love team tank. It's one of my favorite things. Is see, it good for the game though? Uh yeah. Yeah, it is. You think? Well, so I'll spin it to the other local team that I'm a fan of, the Dallas Mavericks. I couldn't have cared less about them a year ago because there's nothing exciting about the team. They weren't going anywhere uh, until they started tanking. When they started losing on purpose, now I get to look at the prospects in next year's draft like, holy cow, who are we going after? Which guy is about to turn this thing around? Then I get Luka Doncic. Now life is fun. Tanking is fun, Dane. It's not fun in week 10 or 11, but... It's, it's not fun if you're trying to sell tickets. Well, yeah, I don't care about them. It's a different mindset as a fan. True, when very you, true. When you cheer for losses, and it's weird when you have to kick yourself back out of it. You have to realize when it's time to get out of the tank mode, and you have to remember to reverse your what you're cheering for. It's like, yeah. no, 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 time to win. But cheering for a loss can be fun. You should try it. Great. But you're a Browns guy. You, they didn't I, even mean to do that. As you say, they, <laughs> so they, that's different. They've been tanking the last twenty years. Yeah, so. that's different. You had a problem, but I, I I enjoy it because we get more activity. We get more trades. The Raiders now have one hundred and thirty first round picks in the next two years. Uh, the Lions just got to add a Pro Bowler for a fifth round pick, and what it tells us about uh, the NFL draft, I think, is probably pretty interesting and where we could go on Trust the Tape podcast. The Cowboys trade for Amari Cooper. They give up a first-round pick, which no one else was going to do, but hey, whatever you got for him, that's what he's worth, I guess. So they get a first-round pick. Uh, And I don't know. like that. It seems like a whole lot to give up for a year and a half of a guy, but he was a top-five pick. He took the league by storm. He plays an important position, and... (laughs) 
the Cowboys are a team after your own heart that aren't going to look at themselves and say, hey, maybe we're not good enough yet. They're doing the exact opposite. They're saying, let's go. We're chasing the title at three and four. Uh, I don't know. Is it is that a clear Raiders win that trade? Or is this like drafting where you're like, well, wait five years and I'll tell you who won the trade. Yeah, with any trade involving draft picks, you have to see how it plays out, no question. But, you know, that's not going to stop us from making snap decisions and, uh, you know, trying to award a winner and a loser right away. Look, for the Cowboys' perspective, I think it's simple. Dak's the guy. Whether or not any of us believe it or agree with it, the Cowboys believe it. No, I don't either. I. what be do- what must be done eventually should be done immediately. And in my opinion, I've seen enough of Dak Prescott that I know what he's going to give me. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to lead you to a Super Bowl, plain and simple. So if if I don't think he can lead me to a Super Bowl, then what's the point? Uh, I'm moving on, trying to find a quarterback that can. Uh, now, hey, I'm hope I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I don't think I am. But the Cowboys obviously think I'm wrong because they're going to do whatever I think they, they can. Want you to be wrong? Yeah, no, they I do. think the team desperately wants him to be the guy. They do. Desperately. Wants Jason Garrett to be the coach, and I think both of those things aren't true. Like no, they, agree. Neither one is, but they want him to be so bad that they're willing to quote lose a trade to try to make it work around those two. Yeah, that's what I think is happening. Yeah, they're they're going all in for the next year and a half to give the quarterback the best chance to say, hey. We deserve this, you know, twenty-five million dollar a year deal that we're going to give you. And I, I don't know. I it, do you think that Amari Cooper is really going to move the needle that much? Uh, I think asking a wide receiver to save your offense is a bad plan. If your problem is, well, I think he helps because I also think in watching that team this year that Alan Hearns offers them next to nothing, and he plays the most snaps at wide receiver. Well, maybe Michael Gallup. They're Right, both around 80% of the snaps. But, yeah, so if you have a guy that offers you nothing, and I think that Amari Cooper still offers you the ability to get open and to get separation, and so I think he helps. But I just, I don't, my goal, if I'm watching my team over and over and I'm saying, okay, my protect, my protection's not perfect anymore. I got a good running back, but other teams know we won't throw the ball, so they're going to try to take him out of the game. My receivers are average, and my quarterback is playing terribly. I want to fix the actual problem, which would be sometimes we're not going to block well enough. Sometimes we're not going to be super open. Sometimes teams don't want you to run the ball. Go shred them. And if my quarterback can't, I want a new quarterback. Uh, but they're going a different route. And I think I think Amari Cooper can help. I don't think he can save it. Right. I don't think he can save it. I hope they don't end up where it's, they sneak into the playoffs, give Jason Garrett an extension, and pay Amari Cooper forever. Cooper can work, though. The good thing is he's 24 years old. So even if Garrett's not the guy, if Dak's not the guy, and they do have to change that at some point, that doesn't mean Amari Cooper can't help your team for the next six years. What about Stephen Jones saying they don't need a number one? Well, he was full of it then. Just committee. Okay. You know what? I would much rather, and they'll probably never come out and admit it, Right. but you've admitted it through your actions. I would much rather that than double down on it. Well, hopefully they do it again with Dak and... They may not admit it, but maybe through their actions in a year, they, okay, time to move on. But I don't know. Time to will tell. Cowboys to a T. Well, hey. W- yeah. What did we say at the leadoff of the show? Uh, you know, with Herbert, if he goes back, the the draft class, this upcoming draft class, might not have a quarterback that is worthy of top 10, top 20 consideration. Now, who knows? There might still be a quarterback that goes that high just because of quarterback desperation in this league. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to do something like this, at least it's not 
you know, a quarterback class where you're looking like last year, where the Giants passed on a Rosen, the Giants passed on Sam Darnold uh, in favor of a running back, and now with you know, oh shocker, Eli Manning's not the guy. Oh, hmm, he's washed up. Hmm, who's, who who could have saw that coming? Uh, and now, they're, what are their options going I into saw next that in year? Two thousand nine. Yeah, I mean they're they're living in denial. So uh, now the Giants have to figure something out for next year, and it might not be a strong quarterback class. At least with the Cowboys, I don't think this is going to end well. I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to. Uh, they might be lucky to go to the playoffs uh, this year or next year. I don't see it happening. But if they don't, at least 2020 draft class has some quarterbacks where they can target a guy, go up and get him, and you know, at least they'll be moving forward. But in the time being, it's going to be a rocky. Okay, rocky you ride. be the GM. I'm okay. going to be. I'm going to be whoever in the organization has come up with the parameters of my Amari Cooper trade. Mm-hmm. You're the GM of the Cowboys. Jerry and Will McClay have been fired, and Dane Brugler sitting there. Sounds good to me. So I walk in the room and I go, "Okay," I say, "Here's the thing. Uh, we would." We were wrong. I'll be Steven. Man, we were wrong. At the end of the day, we were wrong. Obviously, we were wrong. Uh, we do need a number one receiver. And that, Guys, I looked at the free agent class coming up, and the best one might be Quincy Inunua. So, uh, okay. I looked at the draft, and I've been checking out Dane Brugler's work. Dane, your work, because you're the GM now. Dane, I've been looking at your article, which you wrote, which is weird that you told the entire league how you feel about the players when you're running our team. Uh so we're probably not going to upgrade with a number one receiver that we feel like can contribute right away. Our team is going to roll with the quarterback we have for another year. We're pretty good at defensive end, one of the valuable positions. We're not going to change an offensive tackle. So all of those positions of big need, we're okay at corner. I'm not going to have to pick one of those. I'm using the first round pick to go get the best receiver I can figure out a way to get in the next 18 months. What do you think? Well, and that's from the Cowboys' perspective. I get it because Amari Cooper is he. Amari Cooper will be better in 2019 than any rookie receiver the Cowboys could draft next year. Uh, it's not a strong wide receiver group. Um, well, I, let me take that back. I think it has a potential to be a strong wide receiver group. Just there isn't that Julio Jones. There isn't just that uh, that AJ Green. That that receiver that you really are going to target in the top 15 picks, which. Good chance the Cowboys are picking somewhere in top 15. This upcoming wide receiver class doesn't have that guy. And even if they did, it's still far-fetched to expect that receiver to have immediate production. I mean, it's not... The 2014 draft class was an aberration in terms of wide receiver play. That We had Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, uh, Odell, Odell Beckham. Beckham. Yeah, it was his big rookie year. It, it, we don't see that in the NFL. Historically, wide Jarvis receiver... Landry and yeah, Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Historically, wide receiver is the position that takes the longest to adjust, even more so than quarterback in a lot of situations, just because uh, the differences between what they're asked to do in college, what they're asked to do in the NFL. Oh my God! Press coverage. What's this? Yeah, well, the most I mean, in college, you're facing five ten speedy corners. In the NFL, you're facing six two speedy corners. Yeah, just you're not used to facing guys that are up in your face, big, physical, and they run just as fast, if not faster, than the guys you faced in college. The chemistry, the route running, it's just it takes so much more to be an NFL wide receiver than what these guys are used to getting by at the college level. So, Amar, I understand it from that point. If the if the goal is to evaluate Dak Prescott and to get the best wide receiver possible, then they did what they needed to do. Now, I thought it was still an overpay. Now, yeah, and I, the second part better be more important than the first part because if you're going into right. the third year and the second half of the third year. Mm-hmm. And you think that 
trading a first-round pick is how you're going to figure out if your quarterback's good. Right. You're doing a bad job of evaluating. Right. It can't take you this long. I'm surprised they didn't. They were so quick to just give up a first, and they didn't say, okay, well, I, we need a conditional third back. Or, you know, like it, it, there wasn't a, it was just a first-round pick. Okay, like, I mean, who are you competing against? Uh, you know, the Eagles offered a second. Okay, you're still giving up a first. Yeah, even my second is better than their second. Exactly, exactly. I, probably, probably, most likely. More the same likely. record right now. I mean, I, I think you have to, I understand they're a little desperate. Not maybe a lot desperate. I, I get it, but I think it's bad business. I mean, and you know the the Jones family, they know the art of negotiation. Doesn't seem there was much negotiating on this. They put the best offer there and said, "Okay, that's we're done." Okay, our next NFL trade before we get into college football on trust the tape, and we'll get into college football at like twenty minutes into it. Don't worry about that. Damon Harrison this morning from the Giants goes to the Detroit Lions, who are. Chasing something, I guess, <laughs> by acquiring him. But heck, for a fifth round pick, I'll take him. No problem. Like, what have, how far down this road are we that run defense means so little that a fifth round pick is the best thing they found when they were like, hey, let's sell this big contract for a Pro Bowl nose tackle? Well, the key word you just said, big contract. I yeah. think that's, that's, that was the, that's the key to that. And, and that's why, you know, when I I wasn't a big fan of Vita Vea last year, you know I wasn't. You were a hater, yeah. You know, big time. I need if I'm going to take a defensive tackle in the top twenty picks, I need him to give me pass rush value. As Dexter Lawrence from Clemson, uh, we're going to be talking a lot about him uh, in this upcoming draft class. He doesn't give me any pass rush value. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he helps things. I mean, he's not a bad player. He is a very good run defender, and he he can occupy double teams, help everyone else around him. But if I'm going to take a defensive tackle that high, I need him to offer pass rush value. And that's, I mean, that's what we see with this trade and market value. And again, big part of it is the contract. That's uh, not a lot of teams willing to, not only do they not have the room, not willing to take on that type of money for a guy that's, uh, you know, going to give you, be a stout run stuffer, but not going to give you pass rush value. So. I, if you're the Giants, uh, I mean, you gave away Eli Apple. Surprise! The Eli Apple thing, giving up him, giving up him for a fourth rounder to the Saints, had been more, I would say, you know, locker room based, culture based. Because no, Eli Apple has not lived up to being a top ten pick. But he was it, never going to. They shouldn't have picked him in the top ten. He, he, it, it seemed to me. I, I mean, can tell you when cornerback busts are coming. If you ever want to, if you ever want to check the tape, check yeah. it on Artie Burns and Eli Apple pick. I, it already burns one. That was pretty easy. I'm not giving you credit for that one. <laughs> Come on! I want uh, my credit. But, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, Eli Apple, from I didn't study him, but just from watching the Giants, it seemed like he was playing better. It seemed like he was improving. And so, for the Saints to give up a fourth rounder, that's a no-brainer. You know, I'll take, give up a fourth, a fourth rounder for a guy that uh, has some talent. He's inconsistent. He's not going to, I mean, he's going to make mistakes, but at least he was playing better. So if the saints add one more Buckeye. Can they have a full Buckeye secondary? They're close. Yeah, they're they getting there. Need just one more. I think I think they're, they're at four right now. Yeah. And they're all, all, not all starters, but I mean, they're two corners. Assuming Eli Apple starts opposite Marshawn Lattimore, you got Kurt Coleman and Von Bell, uh, maybe add a nickel corner in there. Maybe see what the Raiders want for Gary on Conley. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Give up on him right away. The Raiders aren't too interested in keeping their players from Reggie McKenzie's uh, regime. So. Oh, poor team. Poor Reggie. Uh, so, I mean, the Giants, look, they're, no matter what they say, their actions speak louder than words. Uh, they're not a good team. They don't have a quarterback. 
It's a winner. That can be fun. I'm telling you, as a fan, that can be fun. Who's their quarterback next year? Kyle Lalletta. What are you talking about? Mm. Kyle Lalletta's a beast. The pride of Richmond. He just can't throw it far. I say he just doesn't have strong arms. Yeah, that Spider's a good quarterback. Give him a chance. We'll see him. I bet you we see him this we, year. Well, hopefully we should have saw you know Davis Webb last year. You know, we should have saw. Maybe it says a lot about Davis Webb that we didn't. Why? Well, I mean, like, guys, if, it's time to move on, but it's not that guy. At least I want to see it, though. You know, I mean, I, I'm not saying Davis Webb should be uh, a, a, even a backup right now. I mean, I, I was never a believer in da- Davis Webb, but at least let's see it. You know, let, let's see it on the field. I, I'm a, I, we drafted him, so let's see what you can do, even if it's, uh, you know, the practice doesn't warrant it. So I, I do agree. We'll see Kyle Oletto at some point. But they're just—they don't have many options here. Again, with Herbert, if he does—if he does go back, which I think is very possible, then I mean Haskins keeps showing you he needs to go back to school. He's not ready for NFL life. Uh, Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, uh, which maybe that's our transition to. uh, Call a segue, Dane. Oh, sorry, you're a professional radio talker. Man, speaking of Dwayne Haskins, look, we see. I gotta ask you about that Purdue Ohio State game. Ohio State getting thumped. And once again, Dane ahead of the curve here. Uh, you talked about the Ohio State secondary and how basically they just need Dwayne Haskins to be Superman if yeah. they're going to have a chance to do something this year. And by the numbers, he played okay. He, they probably didn't intend to ask him to throw it 73 <coughs> times. Uh, and you got stomped by Purdue and shredded by their quarterback. Yeah. And so here we are, college football. We are down to Bama and Notre Dame and Clemson. Yeah. Well, it's – and that's – the thing with this college football season is we're all just kind of waiting. Is there anybody that can even contend with Bama um, while trying to figure out the other three teams? I don't know. Who were the big winners from Ohio State losing? Um, I, I think we have to look big at... Big 12. I say, exactly. That's where I was going to start. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, uh, the big 12 teams who have a big November coming up. Uh, they're going to hopefully, if you're a big 12 fan, not cannibalize each other. Uh, hopefully one of them reigns supreme, whether that is a Texas or an Oklahoma. Uh, and hopefully they don't lose whoever that one loss team is. Hopefully they don't lose in the big 12 championship game or yeah. Well, according uh, to, uh, the, the predictive model that I saw your biggest winners who now have the best chance to make the playoff in the fourth spot are Oklahoma mm-hmm. and Michigan. That's the two teams that they have as the most o- like Oklahoma over Texas. Yes, they even have Texas, Texas at the very, very bottom of the one-loss teams. In even other words, Texas their model. Oklahoma. Yes, I guess their model is built to say it's much more likely that Texas loses another game than right. Oklahoma does. That's yeah, I can see that. Um, the Big Twelve. It's hard to be a, like a, a strong believer in any of these teams. Yeah. I guess basically the computer is saying that OU is going to big win the Big Twelve. Right, and. You know they dismantled TCU on Saturday. Um, you know they've got a big one coming up against West Virginia. West last time we saw West Virginia it was a disaster against Iowa State. Um, yeah, I mean I think I, I, if I had to pick a winner at the Big Twelve, I, I would lean Oklahoma over Texas. But you know Texas, I mean they're until I, they play again, and Texas is like, yeah, why don't we just run you over again? Good chance that we do see them, uh, see them in the Cotton Bowl, and see them in Jerry World in the Big Twelve Championship game. So. Um, you know, it's, uh, I think Michigan is the other team that you mentioned that's uh, coming off a big win against Michigan state. Uh, their one loss looks better and better. Uh, their one loss being Notre Dame and Notre Dame is, they're not gonna have a championship game. If they go undefeated, they're going to be 12 and 0, not going to have that 13th data point. Uh, so, you know, how will that affect, uh, the vote or the, 
the committee and how they view these teams. I think Clemson put up a statement against NC State. Uh, really disappointing effort by NC State. I thought they could at least be competitive in that game with the amount of players they have that are future pros and talent. Uh, but they they look terrible. Ryan Finley, and this is why when you hear people talk about Ryan Finley as a first rounder, you just kind of chuckle and walk away. Oh, uh, Dane. Well, did you watch the game with NC State? I mean, I watched some of it. I'd been drinking, but I took in some of it. He's just, he's not a first round quarterback. And I don't get why people kind of are under the illusion that he is. Uh, hey, is, uh, what year is Trevor Lawrence? Clemson's quarterback. True freshman. Okay, so we got to wait a couple years. 2021. That's a first yeah. round guy. He's Sunshine's he, he, a first rounder. He's only scratching the surface, too. Holy cow. He's going to be a good that, player. He's yeah. talented. Yeah, I, I think even Kelly Bryant's like, uh, all right. Okay, <laughs> I, can, I get it. I get yeah, it. Right. Where's Kelly going? Do we know where he's going to go play? Uh, he was on the sidelines for, what was it, the Arkansas game over the weekend, maybe? Oh, so okay. we he's don't on know recruiting yet. Recruiting trips? Yeah, yeah. We don't know yet, but uh, he's. Uh, maybe he could go to NC State. Yeah, there you go. That'd be fun. I mean, hey, Jacoby Brissett did that from Florida to uh, NC State. Uh, why not? They need you. Uh, so I don't look. We're looking at the the final four, projecting forward. Uh, a lot's going to happen, just like it does every week in college football. That's why college football is the greatest. Uh, if uh, first of all, let me ask you this: Do you think Alabama? Dude, is any shot Alabama is going to stub their toe? No. At any point this season. Uh-uh. The LSU. Not even in the title game. LSU in two weeks. Uh, no. No stub. We'll be missing Devin White, their line. Did you see that uh, targeting call against him? Yeah, I saw a targeting call. Uh, and Oh, no, that wasn't Devin White. That was Devin Bush that was attacking oh, midfield yes, yes, logos. Yes. Two first-round uh, linebackers. Yeah, now. the Devins. Yeah. 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 Yeah, kind of bushly what uh, Devin Bush did, ah. but uh, <laughs> no, it, it, it's good for college football. Let's be honest. Uh, when Michigan and Michigan State hate each other like that, that's fun. Uh, wasn't fun for Michigan State on Saturday, especially if you're a fan of offensive football. But uh, you know, Michigan—they're playing a lot better than they what we saw. I think Michigan's playing now how I thought they play earlier in the season, and a part of that is just the natural growth of a team through you know over the course of a few months. Um, if Notre Dame and Michigan played today, I think it'd be a much closer game. Uh, I think there's a good chance if they play 10 times right now, Michigan wins six out of those 10 times just with the way Michigan's playing on the offensive line. Karan Higdon's running the ball really well. The defense is outstanding. Uh, Rashawn Gary uh, has not been playing. Who Good chance he's a top 10 pick. He has, he has been out with an AC uh, shoulder issue, and the defense hasn't missed a beat. So uh, we'll see how uh, Michigan fares down the stretch. I, I will say this, this is the first time in like a decade where I feel pretty strong that Michigan has a leg up going into the, the big game against Ohio State later in uh, the, the Saturday after just Thanksgiving. Better, more talent top to bottom? Much better defense, and Ohio State just has those flaws that you worry about. The offensive line's terrible. They can't run the ball because of the offensive line. The back seven in the Ohio State uh, defense uh, is letting them down week in, week out. They've got talent at corner, but Kendall Sheffield has no feel for the position at corner. The safeties, uh, if Jordan Fuller misses another tackle in space. Uh, Pryor misses another tackle. Uh, the linebackers uh, are, are not playing smart football. They're not playing assign, assignment sound. They're missing uh, their gaps, their run fits. And uh, it, you know, it seems like when they play fast, they don't play smart. When they play smart, they don't play fast. It's just it's a recipe for disaster. And so, for if you're Urban Meyer, this they have a bye week going, uh, this Saturday. If you're Urban Meyer, it's time for you to earn that seven, eight million dollars you earn a year, uh, and figure out what's wrong with your football team. I think there's a there's a personnel issue. There's no question, but you have talent on that team. F- 
figure it out. And you know, you've got some uh, some some games before that Michigan game. Obviously, Nebraska, Maryland, Michigan State. Uh, you know, get figure things out. And you know, the games in Columbus uh, against against the Wolverines. So they've got some time to figure it out. And if they it's not done for Ohio State. Their season's not over. If you if they play like they did against Purdue the rest of the way, yeah, their season's over. But they have a way to turn things around if the coaching staff figures stuff out this Saturday uh, during the bye week. Uh, they go and they beat Michigan, finish with a one loss, uh, it beat Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. All of a sudden, one loss Ohio State I, you know, I think they're probably they might look better than a one loss whoever wins the Big 12. So it, that Ohio State's not out of it for that fourth playoff spot. Okay, now let's move on to other games of note uh, mm-hmm. over the weekend. Our, your guy, Justin Herbert, your guy, Justin Herbert, <laughs> couldn't handle Mike Leach's greatness as Mike Leach gets the W at the Washington Palouse. State. Our undercover uh, and the team <laughs> I'm pulling for, let me get Mike Leach in the playoff. We're the, a one-loss Washington State. We're okay here, Dane. We're okay. I think the Pac-12 is done. You stick a fork in them. Oh, man. They're, Oregon was it? Pac-12 yeah, Pac is sitting over there with UCF and the other pretenders. I think they're going to make the playoff. Um, is Washington State's quarterback any good? I never know with Mike Leach. Gardner. I, I just don't know. I, I tell you, I, I didn't know much about him coming Gardner into this year. Gardner Minshew. Yeah, he always, he, he always went to Alabama uh, over the summer He because uh, he's a transfer, grad transfer from East Carolina. Almost went to Alabama to be, you know, just be part of the program, I guess. Kind of hang out. And then, <laughs> yeah, what a weird move. Yeah. Did he not know who Tua was? I, I don't know what was going I don't know if the, the, the options were there or what in terms of, you know, what else was going on. But the opportunity at Washington State came up. He took it. And it's been a great, a great thing for him. He's a perfect facilitator for that offense because of his accuracy, his smarts. He sees the entire field. Uh, he's very mature, uh, just with the way he operates, uh, and you know he he will have some mechanical breakdowns that will lead to some erratic throws. We saw that on you know his interceptions against Oregon on Saturday, but he's such a good distributor of the football, and that's what you need in a Mike Leach system. But I, yeah, I do think he is playing himself into a possible draft pick. Now, scouts want to see him in an All Star game to take him outside of that Washington State system. Why wouldn't you just hire Mike Leach instead? I don't know if they're ready for that. Use a fifth-round pick and hire Mike Leach. I heard Barry Switzer talking about uh, he was on our station, 105.3 mm. The Fan, and Barry Switzer was asked basically about Lincoln Riley. Like, hey, it's OU. You were OU. Right, it's the right, really right. hot name. What do you think about Lincoln Riley? And he said, well, he said, I know he's he's a great coach because Mike Leach told me it's the best assistant he ever had, and Mike Leach is the best offensive coach in the country. Hmm. <laughs> I was like, yes, there you go. my guy. Mike Leach really did spawn the Big 12 when you look at yeah. it. Lincoln Riley, Dana Holgerson, you can just look around. Kingsbury. The Big 12 is it's Mike Le- Sonny Cumbie, yeah. TCU's offense. It's all Mike Leach. Put him in the league. I want Mike Leach in the NFL. I don't think anybody would doubt uh, what what Mike Leach can do on offense in his mind. Uh, as a, uh, you know, what he brings to the offense. Uh, you just wouldn't let him be at an NFL press conference. <laughs> It would make things fun. It would that's be for awesome. sure. Media would love them. It would be so great. But I mean, credit to Washington State. They brought in um, uh, uh, Clay's from the fired uh, Minnesota coach uh, to be the defensive coordinator. He's got the defense playing well. Um, and then yeah, Gardner, Gardner Minshew. Uh, he, the way he's playing is uh, he, he's possibly playing himself into a draft pick and one of those you know senior risers who could be uh, you know go from an afterthought to a mid to late round draft pick. So. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, who else haven't we talked about? I want to go to a. I want to go to a seemingly innocuous game. I think that okay. word fits here. Uh, in Utah beating USC mm. because I know somebody that you've been writing about that you could talk about from that game. The running back from Utah. Yes. Beast. A little bit. A little bit. Reminds me a lot of Doug Martin when he's coming out of Boise. Um, Don't call him Muscle Hamster if you ever meet him. He doesn't like it. He does not like that. No, no. we oh. were at the Super Bowl and interviewed him and referred to him as that, and he did not like it. Well, well, he's the, under the impression you get to pick your own nickname. Uh, so he was trying to come up with something else. I don't know what it was. Hmm. Uh, he didn't like Muscle Hamster. Well, Zach Moss at Utah is kind of, he's built in the same, mo- uh, build, same mold. Uh, 5'9", 220 pounds, really, you know, good looking kid. Uh, and he runs angry. He does not stay in one spot very long. He gets north-south, hits you with burst, uh, and he's got agile feet, so he can create on his own. Uh, he's second in the Pac-12, I believe, in uh, rushing yards per game so far this year, and he hasn't been healthy at all. He's got gimpy ankles, uh, so he's not even fully healthy, and he's being really productive. I'm out. I need you to stay healthy. I don't well, I mean, what running back doesn't? I mean, they're all banged up a little bit, let's be honest. So uh, and he's still being productive. That's what matters. Emmett Smith, yeah, stayed uh, healthy. Yeah, he's, he was all right, mostly. So Zach Moss, if we're projecting forward, who's going to be the best running back in this draft class? I I don't think we have a first round running back. Yeah, this I have year. no clue. We don't have a first round. And there would I be really no like consensus. Iowa State's guy. I know from watching him yeah, live. David like Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah, he, he's going to have plenty of uh, plenty of fans. I mean, I think he's my number two running back. Um, Damian Harris from Alabama, I think, is outstanding, but he's more of a day two running back. Uh, Benny Snell from Kentucky, the same type of deal. These guys are all good. They're just not first-round guys. Zach Moss is right in there. I think he's a top 50 player, um, and it would not shock me at, at this time, or not at this time, but you know, if we move forward you know, six months, he's running back one for me in my rankings. I think he will be the top running back for some teams if he comes out. Woo! How about that? All right, is there any other game that we need to touch on or look at what we got coming up this weekend? Uh, well, let's, I think we touched everything that is relevant. Oklahoma beat TCU, but that was going to happen. Yeah. Cavante Turpin, uh, Cavante Turpin's not welcome in sports anymore because no. he keeps hurting people. You, after that game Saturday, you're Dude, he's a think. good player. He, well, he's, he's tiny. He's little and that's okay. But if, be little. if he ran, runs a, a four, three, four, four and you know, proves he can be a return man, which he looks like. Now what's his crime? I just trying to figure out if I want him as a UDFA, uh, coming to try out for my team. Uh, now these are allegations, but right, apparently allegations, he, of course, he, allegedly, he dragged his girlfriend across a parking lot. Oh, why uh, couldn't it have been a guy you did that to? And apparently there was an incident in March in Las Vegas. Or same girl, right? Yeah, same girl. But he didn't tell TCU about it, and so that so sounds like a good relationship. Yeah, um, solid foundation and repeat offender. Based on the again, these are allegations. Uh, nothing has been proven at this point, but. From TCU's, did you see uh, Gary Patterson during the press conference said, uh, no, he said, he said during the presser that, yes, he uh, is going to be dismissed and no, I have not told him. So he's going to find out on Twitter. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, a little bit that? of a, a D move by uh, Coach Patterson, but he was well, pissed. whatever. I mean, he was pissed because I think he felt more betrayed that he didn't know about the incident from the offseason. You know, it, is Rager on TCU? Is that going to be an NFL guy? Yeah. I mean, he's only a true sophomore. Right. So, uh, but yeah, he's an NFL guy. Another, he's a little smaller, but he's. Uh, speed and his route quickness. Yeah, he's an NFL guy. 
But CD uh, Lamb going to be a first round pick? The OU guy. I Somebody look- asked me on Twitter, would you take Amari Cooper or CD Lamb? And I said Amari Cooper a hundred times out of a hundred. <laughs> CD Lamb hit like as if like I'm going to show you. Yeah. And I was like, wait, Amari Cooper was a top five pick. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't watched him like that. Lamb seems like a, yeah, he seems like a nice player. I haven't studied him in full yet because he's only a true sophomore, but I, <laughs> I, I didn't get the vibe of like a, a future top 10, top 15 guy. Well, keep in mind as you do your study that he is a search my name he's, on Twitter guy and because uh, I don't know his handle, so I didn't tag if, him. If that's it, what he needs for motivation, he, then. And that's cool. CD, if you're listening, I want you to know that I am a fan. Yeah. I'm a converted OU guy. Uh, I watch you guys and... I think you're a good player. I just don't know if you're a top five pick. Right, and that's I, fair. I don't know if I would pick you over a guy who's had multiple thousand yard years in the NFL already at age 24. I'm just saying. Is it, oh, and I mentioned Coach Patterson, but speaking about uh, coaches who kind of stick their, say some wrong things at times, uh, Tennessee head coach. Did you see what he said after the Alabama game? No, I haven't listened to him talk all year because I'm still not sure who they hired. Yeah, I know that they exactly. had a tough time. He... Uh, he said he he went on a rant after the game about how he he can't wait till he gets players who are competitive. Oh no! And, you know he's going to recruit play like I don't know. It's just throwing your players under the bus. Like they had a good win the week before against Auburn, especially when you were their 136th choice for head coach. Yeah, and you played Alabama. Like it's not like a a, a shameful thing to lose to Alabama. Like I know you're prideful and you came from Alabama. You're used to winning, but. I mean, to throw your your players under the bus like that because you know you're talking about getting uh, you know players in here who are going to compete and going to help you win and like I, I mean it's okay to build for the future. It's okay to recruit for the future while still understanding that the players you have on that team, uh, yeah, we, we get it. I mean, you you inherited a bad situation, okay, but still, I mean, coach what you have and it's a lot like this podcast, really. Like you inherited me, you know. Like <laughs> sure, Dane wants somebody better, but you're always what, recruiting for the to right, get better. But he's not going to say it while I'm sitting here. <laughs> We're in the room. The mics are on for crying out loud. And if you want to say that to your team, maybe in a close setting, okay. But to out your team like that in the public eye, like I don't know. I, I think he regrets it. I think he was just fuming from the game, but. I don't know. I'm not a fan of that tactic. Okay, uh, moving on to this weekend schedule, Dane. Yep, we're in a time crunch here. Florida, Georgia. Anything you want to say, or you just want to pick the game? Uh, this is a good game for if you if you need a pass rusher, and maybe you don't. You know, maybe you, you don't. Maybe you don't have a top ten pick. You know, maybe you have somewhere. You're maybe picking, you don't have a first round pick. Dallas. Mm, sorry, but say you're picking between like eleven and twenty five, and you need a pass rusher. This is a good game for you. I think Jachai Polite and uh, DeAndre Walker for Georgia, number 15, two pass rushers to keep on your radar. Polite has just ridiculous speed. Uh, now, he needs to get better. He, he, I don't think he started a game yet this year because he's. they bring him in as you know, their pass rush specialist. But he has done uh, you know, an admirable job when they've asked him to set the edge uh, or, or play the run. Uh, he's not a strong run defender at this point, but he's done an okay job, better than I thought. Uh, but his specialty is, of course, is his speed and using that speed to get the pocket off schedule. Something they did against that was the key against LSU. His ability to get after Joe Burrow is what uh, allowed the Gators to pull the upset. So Jachai Polite, can he do that against Fromm and that uh, Georgia offensive line? And then DeAndre Walker has been fantastic. Uh, I think he's a better pass rusher than Lorenzo Carter was last year. Uh, it was what a third well, round Lorenzo pick. Lorenzo Carter was so raw. Yeah, and he's actually he's done okay in his spots this year as a rookie. Um, but they're bringing him along with training wheels. 
Uh, DeAndre Walker's a little further along, I think, uh, and he's got his chance to shine. He's taking advantage of it. We'll see how he does against the Florida uh, offensive line. They got a few future pros on that offensive line, so that'll be. If you want pass rush help, uh, look at that. If you want a corner, DeAndre Baker uh, for Georgia, he's going up against Van Jefferson, uh, Ole Miss transfer. So that would be a, a good matchup. Um, who else from that game? We need to watch. Uh, Elijah Holyfield's always fun. The running back for Georgia. Going up against a, a, a tough uh, Florida defense. So it's always fun when these two teams meet. Uh, Throw out the records when these what, two teams get together. Yeah, with the world's largest cocktail party, but they, they're not allowed to call it that anymore. Why? Because of alcohol? Yeah. It, it, oh. it, it's, it, it promotes alcohol, Get it together, college. Get it together. Uh, Penn State, Iowa. Uh, it was a fun game last year. I don't think it's going to be as fun this year. Penn State's kind of trending. They're number in the wrong... seventeen and eighteen, Dane. I I was trending up. Penn State's trending down. Uh, they almost lost to Indiana over the weekend. Uh, yeah, they they lost to Ohio State. They had the bad loss to Michigan State. Almost lost to Indiana. Uh, I think Penn State. They just I don't know. They're always close games, and I think this... if Saquon Barkley could go back to Penn State, would they win that game? Uh, probably just because he's Saquon Barkley and. Okay. In college football, a running back can be the difference maker. Not, not in the as, NFL. You know, like not as much in the NFL. Washington State, Stanford, go. But, well, I, want, I do want to say about Penn State, Miles Sanders, keep an eye on him, the running back. He's not Saquon Barkley, but he's kind of a step below. Uh, still very talented. Right, now, who'd you say? Washington State, Stanford. It's the last ranked game. Oh, yeah. Well, it's with Stanford. Mike Leach, baby. Let's go. Let's get to the playoff, Mike. If you're Notre Dame, you're hoping Stanford wins. Yeah, you know, you want those extra brownie points. Uh, if you're the Pac-12 and you want to see a team maybe get to the playoff, your only hope now is Washington State. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Washington State's necessarily going to have the resume to do it, but uh, a win over Stanford would help. Stanford coming off a, a win over Arizona State last week. Uh, Bryce Love doesn't look 100%. Something's obviously off. Um, I think I don't. I, I don't think he's regretting coming back to school because he did it for academic reasons. Uh, was a large part of why he came back. But he's he's struggled this year, and uh, you just hope that the injuries, there's nothing lingering that will hurt his draft status. Uh, but check out J.J. Arcega-Whiteside for Stanford, one of the better wide receivers in this class, a guy that uh, could sneak into that first round, uh, end of the first round. Again, not a, not a great wide receiver class at the top, but one of those wide receivers you feel strongly about uh, in the late first, early second that uh, could help your football team. The end. You good with that? I have to go potty. I'm good with that. Um, that's that's it. We don't have any other big games this weekend. No. Okay, Clemson at Florida State. Mm. Uh, Florida State's in. Eh. Uh, but a chance to check out Brian Burns on the pass rusher. Uh, South Florida at Houston at Oliver. Okay. South Florida's undefeated. Okay. Check out my check out my tight end at South Florida, Mitchell Wilcox. Okay. Big time player. I believe. Um, it. All right, that's all. A and M at Mississippi State. Some uh-huh. defensive linemen in that game. Uh huh. All right, go pee. The uh, I, it's not pee. I gotta go to the restroom. And oh, everybody have a great week. We'll talk to you next week on Trust the Tape. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.